Welcome back in for another episode of Dynasty Breakdown with Cash. I'm your host, Cash, recording this today, February 1st. Today's show, episode five, we're going to get into the news, um, new hirings like usual. I'm going to get into my keeper breakdown and my keeper rankings for wide receivers. So, uh, everybody watching on YouTube, click subscribe, click the bell, get a notification when I drop a new episode. If uh, you want to drop a comment, give a thumbs up, that's cool too. Send any emails to dynastybreakdownwithcash at outlook.com and I, I'll read those on future episodes if I get any, which I haven't yet. That's all right. All right, let's uh, get into the news. All right, uh... Big news today since I've last talked to everybody. First trade of the offseason in the NFL, and it was a doozy. Two first round draft picks being, or first overall draft picks being traded for each other. Matthew Stafford for Jared Goff. Yeah. It's uh, pretty crazy. I uh, didn't think a trade that big would happen that fast, but um, it did. What does it mean for us for fantasy? Uh, the draft picks, they don't mean anything for us for fantasy right yet, so we're, we're not going to talk about that part of the trade. Uh, as far as the Rams, they get Matthew Stafford. Uh, I think that should help Stafford's uh, case, but Stafford was probably in the quarterback 15 range anyways. Maybe it bumps him up to maybe quarterback 12 or so, but he's a back-end one uh, quarterback, if not a, you know, a streamer, more than likely, but... We'll see. What does it do for Woods and Cup? I think that uh, improves Woods' value a little bit, Cup a little bit. Uh, we've seen they can put up good numbers when they had Goff uh, having a decent season, and I think Stafford is definitely an upgrade from Goff. Uh, I think that should be good. Most importantly, I think it's good for Cam Akers because having uh, a quarterback that can pass like Stafford, uh, defenses are going to have to respect that a lot more than they did with Goff before. So... I think it's pretty good for all the Rams moving forward. Nothing crazy, but definitely uh, an upgrade. Uh, as far as Goff going to Detroit, don't see it as a, such a bad situation for him. I don't anticipate they're going to be a very good team. So he's going to have to throw the ball a ton. And we've seen he can put up numbers, but uh, I don't know. They don't have a whole lot of weapons. Their two main weapons, TJ Hawkinson and uh, Swift. I think it's decent for Hawkinson. Uh and Swift, it's n not too bad for, I guess. It it's, I don't know. I don't know. It's going to be tough to see. That Detroit team, is it's got a lot of changes coming. And uh, we've already seen the biggest one drop right there with Stafford getting traded. So we'll get into that more as the offseason breaks down and uh, more of these uh, free agents find homes and uh, see how these teams are shaping up moving into next season. As far as uh, hires this week... Uh, we had the Houston Texans filling out basically their entire staff. 
They hired ex-Ravens assistant head coach David Culley as their new head coach. Didn't seem to be a popular move from Deshaun Watson. Uh, 65 years old with 27 years of NFL experience. Not really keeping with the theme that we've seen a lot uh, this season, off season, last off season, with uh, the young the young guns being hired. 65 years old doesn't really qualify as a young gun. Uh, he is the second minority head uh, hiring of the coaching cycle this time. Uh, Houston also promoted uh, Tim Kelly to be their offensive coordinator to maintain continuity for the team's offense. Not sure how much continuity they're going to have if uh, Watson's not there. So obviously that's objective one, trying not to have to trade him. But looks like he's he, he wants out. So uh, Houston also hired ex-Bears and Bucks head coach Lovey Smith to be their new defensive coordinator. With over 10 years of head coaching experience, he's going to call the defensive plays for the head coach, rookie head coach. So... Not a bad hire for Houston, but Houston has so many damn problems. Like I don't know what this means for any of them. Is J.J. Watt even going to be back? Is he going to be healthy if he is back? Or no matter where he goes, he's it's a little bit long in the tooth. So we'll see what happens with Houston, especially once Deshaun does or doesn't get traded. So uh, Next bit of hiring news. Tennessee, they promoted tight ends coach Todd Downing to offensive coordinator. Uh, he was the Raiders OC back in 2017. At age 40, he surprisingly already has 15 years of uh, NFL experience. So, he's another young hire working, uh, keeping the promotion in-house with Tennessee. They also did the same thing on the defensive side, promoting uh, outside linebacker coach Shane Bowen to defensive coordinator. Now, it's not that big of a deal to me anyways, because he was calling defensive plays last season, and Tennessee actually hasn't even had a defensive coordinator for the last two years. So uh, it's good for Shane Bowen to get that title on his resume now as defensive coordinator, but as far as how things change in Tennessee, they don't really. So uh, last bit of hiring news for today, we got Seattle hiring ex-Rams passing game coordinator Shane Walden as their new offensive coordinator. Now, he's worked with both Belichick and McVay, but um, I don't know. He's the one who's been working with Jared Goff, and to me, I, I don't know. Now, did he do well with what he had in Goff, or was he unable to bring maybe the most out of Goff? I don't know, but it'll be an interesting uh, interesting hire. See, see what he can do with um, Matty Stafford now and Robert Woods and all the toys. Oh, no, sorry, that's where he's leaving. He's going to Seattle. So let's see if he can help things out with Russell Wilson, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett. So, all right, we do have one bit of retirement news. Deciding to hang up the cleats after eight years in the NFL. Not so much a fantasy stud at any point in his career. Possible waiver streamer because of his position. Tight end Vance McDonald. Eight-year NFL career, spent four with San Francisco, four with the Pittsburgh Steelers. And uh, by him retiring, it actually helps the Steelers this year. Frees up 5.2 in uh, cap space. So, good day, Vance McDonald. You won't be missed. That's going to do it for the news for today. Um, I want to get into a new segment that we're going to be following over the coming weeks and months. As we head into the offseason, uh, I can call this one the free agent tracker. 
So this is where we are tracking free agents, unrestricted free agents, restricted free agents, uh, ERFAs, exclusive rights free agents, and we're, we're going to see where everybody goes. And uh, let's get into our first segment of the free agent tracker. All right, as you know, this is shaping up to be a crazy offseason for free agents and uh, quarterback movements. So let me just give you guys a bit of a reminder on some of the free agents. There's lots of sites you guys can go to and look at. as full lists of all positions, defensive, offensive, uh, all across the board. Uh, Spotrack.com, S-P-O-T-R-A-C.com. Go there. They have every position. They'll let you know what's going on. But uh, I've already went through all that for you guys. And uh, I've got a list here of some guys that could uh, affect the fantasy landscape of 2021, depending where they go and who they team up with. And um, let me get into it. Running back, unrestricted free agents. Kenyon Drake, Todd Gurley, Ingram, Coleman, James White. Leonard Fournette, Mike Davis, Brown, McKinnon, James Conner, Le'Veon Bell, Jamal Williams, Marlon Mack, Wayne Gallman, Aaron Jones, and Chris Carson. So now obviously we have some higher end names, some mid-tier names, some lower tier names, some third down backs there. You know, you got your cream of the crop, the Aaron Jones. Followed by probably Kenyon Drake, maybe, Chris Carson, Wayne Gallman, James Conner, maybe Leonard Fournette. And then, you know, you got guys who are just going to screw shit up for other guys, possibly. Le'Veon Bells, I don't think so. Marlon Mack, possibly. Wayne Gallman. Gallman's a guy I could see that could maybe screw up a backfield from being, you know, an elite three-down thumper to taking touches away from the starter. Uh, as far as restricted free agents at running back, we got Gus Edwards, Philip Lindsay, and Boston Scott. So more than likely, they are going to be staying with the, the teams that they're with now, but got to keep an eye on it. Restricted free agency, things are changing in the NFL landscape and how player movement goes. So as far as wide receivers, unrestricted free agents, we got Allen Robinson, T.Y. Hilton, Corey Davis, A.J. Green, Larry Fitzgerald, Sammy Watkins, Marvin Jones, Will Fuller, Antonio Brown, Curtis Samuel, Juju Smith-Schuster, Nelson Aguilar, Rashad Higgins, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Josh Reynolds. So, once again, we have a couple of the upper tier names. Your Allen Robinsons, maybe your Will Fuller's. Uh, Kenny Galladay, Chris Godwin. Chris Godwin finished as the wide receiver two last year, not 2020, 2019. So where these guys go is going to make a huge difference to fantasy outlook. So that's why it's very hard when we're working before the Super Bowl here to try and make predictions for 2021 because there is so much movement to happen between the draft, free agency, retirements, uh, cap cutting, and all the rest of that shit. So... Uh, As far as the rest of the wide receivers, restricted free agents, not many. Tim Patrick, Zach Pascal, and then uh, exclusive rights free agents. We got Adam Lazard and Sims on Washington. Chris Sims, I believe. 
Uh, tight ends, unrestricted free agents. Hunter Henry, Gronk, Cook, Everett, Jordan Reed, Trey Burton, Richard Rodgers, uh, Jonu Smith, Dan Arnold. Tight end, such a shallow position with our three main studs, Kelsey, Kittle, and uh, Waller, that, you know, these guys moving around, it's going to make a difference come draft time, but as far as keepers, don't make a, don't make a difference at all. Restricted free agents, Robert Tunyon, Ross Dwelly, same thing. Robert Tunyon was our tight end three this year. He's a restricted free agent, whatever. If he stays in Green Bay, cool. If not, so what? It's Robert Tunyon, he had 10 touchdowns. Still wasn't even that good this year. Uh, tight end, exclusive rights free agent, Mo Cox. Once again, so what? Not a big deal as far as keepers are. Once the draft rolls around, that's a different story. Quarterbacks, unrestricted free agents, Dak Prescott, Jacoby Brissett, Mitch Trubisky, Ryan Fitzmagic, Tyrod Taylor, Andy Dalton, Cam Newton, Jameis Winston. Not the most attractive names, but Dak Prescott, Jameis Winston, They'll uh, definitely make noise if they're uh, signing somewhere, especially Dak, obviously. Uh, restricted free agents, who cares? Nick Mullins, exclusive rights free agents, who cares? Kyle Allen, Josh Rosen. We know, though, we've already had Stafford and Goff move. I was looking at other quarterbacks that could move. Doesn't mean that they will. Tua Tungabailoa, Sam Darnold, Ben, Deshaun Watson, Drew Locke, Alex Smith, Teddy Bridgewater, Matt Ryan, Jimmy Garoppolo, Drew Brees still hasn't announced his retirement. So there's going to be lots of lots of pieces moving this offseason. So um, I'm going to try and keep you guys updated on uh, what it all means for us in our pool. So uh, that's going to do it for today's uh, first issue of our free agent tracker. But... Um, Keep you guys uh, going here. We're gonna we're gonna get into our uh, keeper breakdown. For everyone watching on YouTube, click over to uh, part two of this episode. For everyone else listening, let's keep it rolling. Okay, welcome back in. Let me get into my wide receiver fantasy breakdown, keeper breakdown. So if you've been watching my uh, past episodes, you know it's it's all about the points. You know, so that's where we're gonna start. Before I get into the points though, let me uh, just go over some basic shit that I don't know if everybody has taken the time to think about, but so we look at total points that these guys get. We want the guys who get the most points, the guys who average the most points per game. How much uh, does the points per game make a difference? Well, to break it down for you, if guys average a difference between of 3.125 points per game, that's a difference of 50 points over a course of a 16-game season. Plus, in our league, we play 17 weeks, so you still have to cover the 17th week. Uh, a difference of 4.68 points per game. That's 75 points on the season. 6.25, that's 100 points. So, if you have a guy that's averaging over 5 points more per game, that's between 75 and 100 points a season. That's that's pretty huge. So let's get into the wide receiver keeper breakdown. Our points leader this year by a pretty good margin, Devontae Adams, 332. Diggs was second at 278. Tyreek Hill close behind him at 272. Fourth place, Calvin Ridley, 245. DeAndre Hopkins, 241. Rookie, Justin Jefferson, 233. And DK Metcalf at 221 in seventh. A little bit down from him, AJ Brown in eighth at 210. Tyler Lockett at 199. Allen Robinson at 198. 
Adam Thielen, 187, and Keenan Allen rounding out the top 12 at 186. So as far as tiers, how did the tiers work out? Well, top tier was one guy, Devontae Adams. He had a over 50-point lead on second. That's a tier all to his own. Second tier, Diggs and Hill, 278, 272. Because, you know, they were a good another 30 points clear of Calvin Ridley and Fort. So Diggs and Hill in their own tier all to their own. Third tier, Calvin Ridley, DeAndre Hopkins, Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf. 245 to 221. Only 20 points separated the four of them. There's your third tier. And then your fourth tier rounds out the top 12, 8 to 12. A.J. Brown, Lockett, Robinson, Thielen, and Keenan Allen from 210 down to 186. It's at about 24-point difference. So how does that shape up to years past? Last year, leader was Michael Thomas, 342. He occupied the top two tiers because that's how much of a gap he had over second place Chris Godwin at 253. When you're talking a difference of 90 points plus, that's a two-tier gap he had all to himself. What a huge advantage he was. Uh, in the second tier, along with Godwin, 253. You had Jones, 226. Cooper Cup, 220, 222. And then in the fourth tier, which was fifth all the way down to 12th, 203 Hopkins, 201 Cooper, Evans 199, Galladay 198, Devontae Parker 193, Keenan Allen 189, Julian Edelman 188, and Allen Robinson 186, rounding out the top 12. So you see this year, 12th place, 186. Last year, 12th place, 186. Pretty darn comparable. This year we had eight guys score 200 points. Last year, six guys scored 200 points. Not too far off. What about 2018? Uh, we didn't have a 300-point score, so our top tier had four guys in it in 2018. Tyree Kill, 296, Hopkins, 294, Jones, 293, and Devontae Adams, 282. In our second tier, we had Michael Thomas, 268, Antonio Brown, 260, Adam Thielen, 256, and Juju Smith-Schuster at 250. And in the third tier, rounding out the top 12 from 9 to 12, Mike Evans, 239, Stephon Diggs, 201, OBJ, 197, T.Y. Hilton, 195, and that's your top 12 for 2018. So you didn't have the spiked top score like you did this year with Adams, 332. Last year, uh, Thomas, 342. Two years ago, we had Tyree Kill at 296 in 2018. So not as, not as high, but still some decent scores. Wide receivers, we like to go back a little bit further because uh, they play a little bit longer than uh, the running backs do. So, 2017, we had Antonio Brown in the top tier, Hopkins at, in his own tier at second, Keenan Allen third, Fitzy, Julio Jones, Tyree Kill, Michael Thomas, Jarvis Landry, Adam Thielen, A.J. Green, Golden Tate, and Devontae Adams. So you see, the further we go back, we still have similar names there. You're DeAndre Hopkins. Tyree Kill, Julio Jones, but now we're getting into the Golden Tates when A.J. Green was still productive. Heck, Larry Fitzgerald finished fourth only four years ago. He hasn't been a, you know, a thought on the fantasy radar for at least two years now as far as I'm concerned, unless you're looking at a wide receiver five to fill out your roster at the end of the draft. So I'm not going to go over 16 and 15 with you because it's just going to become redundant. So... I've went over all these years and I've put some stats together to kind of show you guys 
how things change. So, and how good we are at predicting who these top 12 receivers are going to be and if we manage to keep them as keepers. This year, 2012, out of our top 12, how many of them were kept as keepers? Five only. So that means there was seven out of the top 12 you could get on draft day. Number two, Stefan Diggs available. Obviously, rookie Justin Jefferson available. DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett were both available on draft day. So was Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, and Adam Thielen. So you can get wide receivers, top 12 wide receivers on draft day this year. How about last year? Last year, we were a bit better. 11 to 12 guys were kept. The only guy you could get on draft day, Allen Robinson again. Top 12 guy two years in a row, but yet nobody wants to keep him. What more does this guy got to do? And looking at my projections, it looks like he might not get kept again this year. Depends on where he ends up being a free agent. That, uh, that's going to make a big difference. In 2018, how did we do? Nine out of 12 keepers. Adam Thielen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Mike Evans were the three guys you could get on draft day. Finishing 7th, 8th, and ninth. Uh, 2017, 16, and 15, I wasn't able to access our keepers because the sites and the message boards are a little bit fucked up, as you guys know. Um, so I don't have the stats for those years. But what I wanted to try and figure out are our tiers, how big they are, how many guys there are in there, and what are the type of points that we're shooting for from the wide receiver position. So number I kind of came up with was 200 points. Uh, 300 points is very nice, but that's happened five times in the last six years. So that's not really a realistic goal to keep those guys because obviously they're going to be kept and you can't load your roster with two or three of them because there might be one on the year, maybe not. So 200 point guys, a little bit more realistic. Uh, there was 11 of them in 2015, 7 in 2016, 5 in 2017, 10 in 2018, 6 in 2019, and 8 last year in 2020. So there's on average usually about 8 guys a year who score 200 points. I want one of those guys on my team. I did not have one last year. That would have probably won me a championship. So I think I'm usually pretty good at uh, honing in on wide receivers. And I think most guys in the pool would have to agree with that even if they don't want to. So let's try and figure out how we can get our guys on a 200-point guy. And if we're not getting a 200-point guy, what we can look at, what we can anticipate either on draft day or what we want to bring into the draft as a keeper. So uh, as far as 200-point guys, who's done it? Over the last uh, six years, there's two guys that have done it five times. Julio Jones, DeAndre Hopkins. Consistent as it gets. They've done it five out of the last six years. Doesn't get better than that. Unfortunately, Julio Jones is now 31 years old, and I don't think he should be a keeper. And DeAndre Hopkins is most definitely a keeper, uh, but I think whoever owns him should come to realize that he will start declining. Maybe not this year. It might be, you know, two years away, but his, his days are numbered. He's got a lot of miles on those tires. So who's done it four times? Antonio Brown. Wonderful. Not a keeper. Doesn't matter to me. I don't care where he signs. I've seen what he did in Tampa this year. Uh, he doesn't warrant being a keeper, as far as I'm concerned. Not a top 36 guy going into a draft. Three times. Nobody's done it. Two times. We gotta, Now we're starting to get a few names here. Guys who have done it twice over the last six years. Odell Beckham Jr., Larry Fitzgerald, Mike Evans, Tyree Kill, Devontae Adams, 
Michael Thomas, and Stephon Diggs. And nobody's done it the last two years in a row. Diggs did it in 18 and 20. So with Devontae Adams in 18 and 20. And Tyree Kill in 18 and 20. Michael Thomas did it in 18 and 19. And Mike Evans did it in 16 and 18. And who has done it once? Brandon Marshall, Allen Robinson, A.J. Green, Jarvis Landry, Doug Baldwin, uh, Demarius Thomas, Jordy Nelson, T.Y. Hilton, Brandon Cooks, Keenan Allen, Adam Thielen, Juju Smith-Schuster, Chris Godwin, Cooper Cup, Amari Cooper, Calvin Ridley, Justin Jefferson, D.K. Metcalf, and A.J. Brown. A lot of names we're familiar with, a lot of the guys that have been kept as keepers, and they don't repeat on their one 200-point season. That's why their name's only on here once. 19 different guys, one time. Seven guys have done it twice. One guy done it, has done it four times, and two guys have done it five times. So we can see it's a little bit tough to be consistent in getting your 200 points. So what else does that mean? Well, just I broke it down over the last six years. How many guys score between 150 to 200 points? between 100 to 150 points, because those are our tiers. 100 to 150, 150 to 200, and then 200 plus. So this year we had eight guys score more than 200 points. We had 14 guys between number nine and number 23 scored between 150 to 200 points. So that shows you it wasn't that big of a gap, or that gap covers quite a few bodies. So. And then once you get below 150 points, now you're working with a wide receiver 23 to 46 and even bigger gaps. So unless you have one of the top guys, it's wide receivers are more a dime a dozen and easier to hit on. Let's keep with it though. Last year, how many were there? Six, uh, six guys that scored more than 200 points. That meant... Uh, from 150 to 200 points, we were looking at wide receiver number seven to wide receiver 23. Once again, right down to the end of the wide receiver two range. And then from wide receiver 23 to 40, that's where your 100 to 150 points are. Those are your wide receivers three, four, and five that are on the end of your bench that you're going to have to start in bye weeks. You know, hopefully they're going to bang you out 12 or 15 points that week, but more than likely you're going to take your seven points and be happy with it. Uh, the year before, you had 10 guys score 200 points, which means your, your next group of guys from 150 to 200 was only from wide receiver 11 to 18. Much smaller group that year. Uh, 2017, you had five guys score 200 points only. That means your next tier from six to wide receiver 13, that took up 150 to 200 points. So if you had one of those top five guys, they were even more valuable that year. So... Uh, 2016, you had seven guys score 200 points. Number eight to number 20 were the 150 to 200 point guys. And number 12 to number 23 in 2015 were your 150 to 200 point guys with 11 guys scoring 200. So you see it fluctuates, but we've never had a year where there's 12 guys that score 200 points. And we never really have less than five. So you're looking between, you know, eight to 10 guys usually that are going to score you 200. So who are those guys going to be this year? How can we try to determine who's coming and who's going? Well, there's lots of different factors that go into that. Uh, age, contract, uh, injuries. Uh, and one thing I always like to look at, consistency. Uh, are these guys boom or bust? Or are they steady Eddie and they're going to kind of get it done every week? You know what I mean? So... 
Um, you know what? For uh, the YouTube side of things, that's going to do it for this episode. Coming soon. Click on over to uh, episode number three. I'm going to get into my consistency rankings, uh, my age breakdown, and uh, give you guys my wide receiver keeper rankings. For everybody else listening, uh, stick with me and I'm going to keep going here with my wide receiver keeper breakdown. All right, let's keep going here with my wide receiver keeper breakdown. Next thing I'm going to get into is consistency rankings. Uh, the way I did it was broke it down into four categories. A little weird for some of you, but uh, to me, because of what I was explaining in the last part about how, you know, three points basically is a difference of about 50 points. My, uh, my breakdowns for categories were guys scoring under nine points in a week from 9 to 12 points, from 13 up to 20, and then boom weeks over 20. So, uh, how did uh, everybody fare amongst our top 32? I did it all. That's how I do all my shit is pen and paper. I'm old school. I don't like, you know, spreadsheets on computers and shit. I like to see the numbers in front of me. I like to write it down, get a better feel for what's happening with my numbers here. So Devontae Adams was our number one guy. How did he do? He had three weeks where he scored less than nine points. He had two weeks between nine and 12, one week only between 13 and 20 points, and a whopping eight weeks of 20 or more points. Well, how does that compare to everybody else? His eight, well, the next highest was DeAndre Hopkins with seven smash weeks of 20 or more. Justin Jefferson was third with six weeks. Then you had Stefan Diggs, Tyreek Hill, Calvin Ridley with five, and that's it. Everybody else had four or less, and Devontae Adams had eight. So that just goes to show you why he was such a commanding wide receiver one this year. Um, moving down the list, we got Diggs, who finished second. He had two weeks under nine points. That was the least of anybody in the entire NFL. Devontae Adams had three, Tyree Kill, Calvin Ridley also had three. Next was Hopkins and Jefferson. They both had seven weeks that were under nine points. That's almost half the season where these guys aren't reliable starters, really. Like Tyler Lockett, 10 weeks of under nine points each week. Like that's, that's way too much inconsistency. Uh, or... You know what? That is very consistent. That's consistently shit and not a guy that I want to invest a keeper on and have to rely on this guy be my wide receiver one. Yeah, but Randy, where did Tyler Lockett finish? One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. He finished ninth. He was a wide receiver nine. That's, that's pretty appealing. But when 11 of your, 10 of your weeks are under nine points, 11 of them are under 12 points, that's only leaves five weeks plus your bye week that you were good, your bye week obviously you weren't good, only five weeks you were good. It's not what I want, I want more consistency. When the fact that, you know, he, he's one of the lower end guys. So, you know, Jefferson, he had, so looking at from 13 plus points, including the 20 plus points, I want that, that has to be at least half your season, you know? Like Devontae Adams, nine weeks, Diggs, nine weeks, Hill, nine weeks. Ridley, eight weeks. Hopkins, nine weeks. Jefferson, eight weeks. Metcalf, seven weeks. A.J. Brown, seven. Lockett, five. Robinson, seven. Thielen, seven. Keenan Allen, six. Cooks, five. Mike Evans, six. Jones, five. 
Cooper, five. McLaurin, six. Robert Woods, seven. Dustin Johnson, seven. Corey Davis, five. That's our top 20 wide receivers this year. So after reassessing the numbers, it looks like we're going to hope that our keeper is going to get us seven games or more with at least 13 points, which I don't know. Like that's You better ensure you have one of those top guys. If you were with me for, I think it was last episode when I was talking about our keeper how well we did with our keepers, and there was about 50% uh, of wide receivers kept were good, and 50% of them weren't worthy of being a keeper. This is why, because even when you do keep wide receivers that end up being wide receiver 14, 15, 18, 20, there's a three, four, five, six tier discrepancy, 100, 150 point difference between a very, very good wide receiver who's finishing with 200 more points, or Someone who is down in the 1 to 150, 150 to 200 range. That's, that's a big difference when you're talking using your keeper on those spots. What we do at the draft, that's a completely different story. You get, take flyers on guys. You have feelings about guys. There's a guy you're really interested in. You had him last year. Whatever the case may be, that's a different story. But wasting a keeper on somebody who's not going to get you top 12 production out of position or, and give you difference-making points, that's... That's the advantage. That's what we're here for. So that was kind of a look at uh, how our guys look this year's first consistency. How about last year? What did last year's consistency numbers look like? So last year, our leader was Michael Thomas. He had two weeks under nine points, three weeks between nine and 12, one week between 13 and 20, and 10 weeks of over 20 points. Crazy. So does that mean the rest of the league also had a bunch of more games over 20 points last year? No. He had 10. Next was... Wow. Three guys. A.J. Brown with five. Julio Jones with five. And Chris Godwin with five. He doubled the rest of the league in 20-point games. Like, your wide receiver, two was Chris Godwin. And he had eight weeks. Half the season, 12 points or less. Four games under nine points, and then four games between nine and 12. Julio Jones was third. He had nine games of 12 points or less. Cooper Cup was fourth. He had 10 games of 12 points or less. DeAndre Hopkins, eight games of 12 points or less. Cooper, 10 games of 12 points or less. Mike Evans, eight games. 10 games for Galladay, 10 games for Parker, 12 for Keenan Allen. There's your top 12. Those are wide receiver ones, and all of them had at least half the season with under 12 points. You know, so to me, I like to take a look at these numbers and I want guys that are hopefully going to get me as many games of 13 or more points. Because if you're averaging 13 points, um, 13 points a week, that I believe should work out to roughly, no, I don't have it on hand here. I believe 13 points a week times 16 weeks, that's about 200 points. So that's why that 13 number, I believe, is... So critical because that's what you want. You want the guys who are going to score 200 points. And if you're not going to have guys that score 200 points, you got, want guys that are going to put up weeks that are equivalent to 200 point weeks, which is usually you're looking at about 12 and a half to 13 points on average per week. Like I said, gets you 200 points. So as far as 2019, how did the rest of the league look? Anything that kind of stood out to me? Um, 
I go down the list, Julian Edelman, Devontae Adams, they're a little bit further, they're outside of the top 12, but they only had four games under eight points. Now, Adams had no games between nine and 12, so he didn't have a lot of bus games where Edelman still had five games under 12, between nine and 12, so... Jarvis Landry, where the heck did he finish? 23, 22, 21, 20, 19, 18. Jarvis Landry, wide receiver, 18. Boyd, 19. Uh, A.J. Brown, 21. Cortland Sutton, 23. All of those guys have one thing in common. They had 10 games each, under 8 points. In a 16-game season, like, that is so inconsistent, and that'll kill you week to week. Like, how do you want to put in a guy that has seven points, four points, two points, zero? Don't qualify. They don't get their three catches. Like, to me, I want to be seeing guys that have as little number, as little amount of weeks as possible, obviously. And this breaks down a lot deeper once we get into the draft and when we're trying to figure out our tiers for third round, fourth round, fifth round, who you want to take as your wide receiver three, four, five for depth and stuff like that. But it gets a lot easier in my opinion when because we're only looking at the cream of the crop, our top 36 players, and who should be a keeper. So um, looking at it from last year to this year, there it shows me a couple of different things. It's not consistent, even amongst the top studs. Michael Thomas was number one, had 10 weeks last year. Where was Michael Thomas this year? Injured. Not even in the top 32 wide receivers. Chris Godwin, where was he? He ended up wide receiver 30 this year. Uh, four weeks under nine points, four weeks between nine and 12, three between 13 and 20, and he only had one bus, uh, smash week of over 20 points. Julio Jones, over the hill, not in the top. Wasn't in the top 32. Cooper Cup, where was he? He was about uh, 28th. He went from wide receiver four to 28. DeAndre Hopkins, we all know he's perennial number five, always up in the top. So what it shows me is that even amongst my consistency rankings, it shows that wide receivers are extremely inconsistent. So it takes a little bit more time to break it down, look at all the numbers, and go uh, over the years and see who has as many miles on their tires. But why don't I do that for you? Let's get into... Our uh, age breakdown at the position, and uh, we might as well start with the old guys. So these are guys that are 29 and plus, 30 plus that are straight up, they're just old. As far as NFL wide receiver terms, they're, they're old. They're, they're not going to compete at wide receiver keeper value anymore. And out of our top, what about 34 guys or so I got on my list? We have four guys that fall into that category. Julio Jones, 31 years old, born in 89. Thielen, 31, born in 90. Marvin Jones, 31, born in 90. And Cole Beasley, 32, born in 89. So these are guys that, they're, they're not keepers. Why would you want to keep them when you have other guys that are younger and have more likelihood of pulling out more consistent 13 point plus weeks. So uh, next we got our guys that are age 27 to 29 who are, they're right in the prime of their, their window. Devontae Adams, Stefan Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, Tyler Lockett, Allen Robinson, Keenan Allen, Brandon Cooks, Mike Evans, Robert Woods, Ryan Anderson, Robbie Anderson, my bad, Cooper Cup, Kenny Galladay, Odell Beckham Jr., 
So these are all guys that are about 27, 28 years old, 29 in DeAndre Hopkins' case. But um, these are guys that, if they have been doing it, there is uh, reason to believe that they can do it again. Your Devontae Adams, Stephon Diggs, DeAndre Hopkins, they can all be in the top 12 again next year. And that's why those are guys that you should be looking at being your keepers. Uh, now we're going to drop down another couple years. Guys that you're probably horny to keep as keepers, but maybe aren't really there yet. These are guys that are typically aged about 26, 27 or so. Uh, we only had seven guys in this category. Tyree Kill, Calvin Ridley, Amari Cooper, Terry McLaurin, Corey Davis, Will Fuller, Tyler Boyd. Well, fuck me. The top few guys there, damn right those guys are keepers. Tyree Kill, Calvin Ridley, we've seen what they can do. Amari Cooper's showing flashes when he stays healthy and has a quarterback. Terry McLaurin, he's a guy I like to break out this year and uh, really vault, back, vault up the wide receiver charts moving into next year. Step it down a couple years younger. You got five guys in that category who are aged about 24 to 25. Those five guys... Deontay Johnson, Juju Smith-Schuster, DJ Moore, Curtis Samuel, Chris Godwin. Mm, very interesting. Different, different guys there. Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. I'm not sure how keen I would be on having them as keepers. Chris Godwin, Deontay Johnson. Mm, maybe. Juju Smith-Schuster. He, he was a keeper last year and the year before. I wouldn't have him as a keeper this year. And he's a, a UFA too, so who knows where he lands. And last, we have our youngest guys, our young pups. So these are the guys that are chomping at the bit. They want on the field. They want to go every down, and they're ready to go and contribute now. Who do we got? We got six guys that fit that mold that finished in our top 35 or so. Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Chase Claypool, CD Lamb, and T. Higgins. All very juicy names. Justin Jefferson, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, they already all showed. They were all top 12 receivers last year. Have them as keepers? I think if you had them on your roster, you're definitely leaning at towards keeping them because they're just so young and there's so much upside with them. Um, you know, Chase Claypool, I think somebody's lucky enough to have him as a future. Bastard, good pick. CD Lamb and T. Higgins, unfortunately, I think they just fall a little too far down to warrant keeping them as a keeper. But if you want to keep them as your third guy, that's your prerogative. And that's how you end up with one out of three keepers, right? Two out of three instead of all three. But uh, as far as the YouTube side, we're uh, about out of time again. So click on over to uh, part four of this episode and we're going to put a nice little bow on all this and uh, wrap up this rather long episode today. So click on over to number four and let's keep going. Okay, welcome back in for our fourth and final part of this episode. Let me try and uh, sum together all this babbling I've been doing. So, uh, in the first three parts, I kind of, or last two parts, I tried to go over my wide receiver breakdown, consistency rankings, ages, how guys are looking, how many guys get 200 points. So, what does that all mean? I got to come up with a list, don't I? Who are my wide receivers? that warrant being a keeper going into 2021. Keep in mind, this list is being given to you on February 1st, 2021. We haven't had the Super Bowl yet. We haven't had free agency yet. We haven't had the draft yet. Where's Jamar Chase going? Where's Devontae Smith going? 
Where's Travis Etienne going? All these guys are going to affect the rankings and guys' potential outlooks, what their opportunities are going to be, how many touches they're going to get, how many targets they're going to see. So, uh, I just felt the need to try to get on this shit sooner than later because it does affect our trade season. Like we already seen, uh, Josh Jacobs got traded for a second round pick. So, when you're making moves like that, you should know if you're jumping the gun, if you're taking a good gamble, a, a bad gamble. If you are taking a gamble, I hope you're at least getting a discount price on that gamble because as we've seen in years past, guys go and make impulse trades after the season, go pick up aging running backs or, or something like that, and then come the draft, they're not even keeping these guys. So now you've given up a second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, eighth round pick, I don't care, whatever, for a guy that's not even on your freaking roster, man. Like, that is not good use of draft capital. Like, but at the same time, don't be chicken shit and not uh, have the balls to pull the trigger on a trade because you're like, oh, these guys might make fun of me or I might make the wrong move. Fuck. That's what a fucking decision is. If it was all straightforward, there wouldn't be shows for, you know, millions of people to be watching for their redraft leagues or me trying to do this show for you guys for our custom dynasty league with custom points where you have to have three catches to even fucking qualify for points. Like some people think that's ridiculous. Me, I think it's kind of cool. And regardless of what I think, that is the settings for our league. So that's why I take all the time and effort and I just don't whip through and listen to a couple of different podcasts or read different articles on NFL.com or uh, whatever, fantasy footballers, like these are great podcasts. I listen to them. They give me information on injuries, on different trends, different stats. But when it comes to their rankings and breakdowns, to me, I find it relatively useless because it doesn't apply to our pool. So, um, you know, for any other people that might be watching that aren't in our pool, that are in custom keeper leagues or whatever, you guys have questions, send them in. You know, I'll try and help you guys out and give you my opinion on how to come up with your uh, your opinion on who you should, what decisions you should make. As far as my wide receiver keeper rankings, let's uh, let's get into it. Number one, Tyreek Hill. Number two, Stefan Diggs. Number three, Devonte Adams. Number four, AJ Brown. Number five, Keenan Allen. Number six, Terry McLaurin. Number seven, DeAndre Hopkins. Number eight, Calvin Ridley. Number nine, Justin Jefferson. Number 10, DK Metcalf. Number 11, Amari Cooper. Number 12, Mike Thomas. To me, those are the 12 guys that should be kept at the wide receiver position. Probably with very little hesitation. All of these guys offer a bit of hesitation, but... Uh, not enough that doesn't warrant them falling into the top 36 of our keeper rankings. Uh, you might not agree with my order. It doesn't really matter. That's fine. C come up with your own order then. Bottom line is, uh, I've also made my list trying to predict changes. Because, yeah, I could say, okay, I'm going to predict... I don't know, Devontae Adams to finish number one again and Tyreek Hill to finish number two and uh, Stephon Diggs is going to fall all the way down to number four because Michael Thomas comes back and he's take over the number three spot again. I don't know, maybe it does figure out that way, but while I was looking at the last six years, 
out of the top five guys, which is who I'm honing in on, the top of the top, um, only about two of the top five guys are there the following year and maybe there the following year after. Like, there's turnover. So I'm predicting turnover. What am I predicting? A.J. Brown to take a leap, jump up into the top five. Keenan Allen's been a top five guy in the past. He's been top 12 the last couple years. I think he takes another leap with his rookie quarterback. Stephon Diggs, I put him at too because of his quarterback situation with Josh Allen. The guy's a stud. They're bringing back their whole coaching staff. They didn't lose Brian Dable. Uh, they didn't lose Leslie Frazier. They're hungry. They got to the AFC Championship. I, I think Diggs, very capable of turning it back again another top five season. Tyreek Hill, same reason. Stud quarterback, consistency. That's why I like these guys. Terry McLaurin, I got him coming sixth. The guy's been a pretty darn good uh, receiver in his first two years, and that's catching the balls from stiffs for the most part. Like, uh, DeAndre Hopkins, I wanted to put him in the top five again, and I wouldn't be surprised if he does finish in the top five, but I said, ah, maybe he has a bad year and finishes seventh. <laughs> like, I think his uh, decline will be coming. I don't think next season. I'm looking more at the year after. I think he's still got one more solid year in him, but uh, Calvin Ridley, I could see this kid finishing maybe number one next year, depending on how things shake out. I put him at number eight. You gotta, you gotta make choices. You gotta put guys places. Justin Jefferson, I got him ninth. The kid uh, broke records last year as a rookie. Finished as our what, what receiver six or seven on the year, I believe. I, I'm picking him to have a little bit of a regression, and he slides down to number nine. Still a top ten guy. DK Metcalf, same thing. He was top ten last year, about number seven or eight or so, and I have him falling down to number ten, but maintaining his spot in the top twelve. I have Amare Cooper jumping into the top 12 and Michael Thomas coming back into the top 12 because I feel if uh, Cooper gets more consistent uh, quarterback play and doesn't have to catch balls from stiffs like Ben DiNucci, then he has a good chance, especially with uh, the other pieces he has there. Guys aren't going to be able to double him out all over the place if Gallup and uh, CeeDee Lamb are causing damage on the other side. So, And Michael Thomas... A lot depends on uh, who's, who's quarterbacking for him. Because if it's Taysom Hill, I don't know how keen I am on Michael Thomas. If it's Jameis Winston or uh, one of these interesting uh, quarterbacks that could be on the move, I'm, I'm definitely going to want to roll the dice with Michael Thomas because the guy's shown he can put together a wide receiver one campaign. And to think of him bouncing back into the top 12, totally think it's a reasonable thing to assume and uh, a bet I'd be willing to make that I would want him as a keeper on my team moving into next year. Uh, the guys that I thought were pretty close and maybe could find their way into this list uh, later on in the offseason, uh, Alan Robinson, Chris Godwin, Kenny Galladay, Mike Evans, Will Fuller, Brandon Ayuk, and uh, after this recent trade of Stafford and Goff, maybe Robert Woods, I don't think Cooper Cup. Those guys' names, you're probably going to hear them a lot more as I talk about them on a future episode when I get into our combined 30 top 36 keepers and my overall keeper ranking, all positions combined, uh, to tell you guys who should be kept and who shouldn't and who should be making trades to get guys like this because you don't have them on your roster. You have one out of the top 36 guys. You should probably go out and make a trade. But hey, that's my opinion. You want to keep a bunch of stiffs that you, or not stiffs, 
guys that aren't ranked in my top 36 that because they're so young and attractive looking that you, you don't want to take anyone else to the dance. I, I got my date. I got my date. I want to take her and that's it. So whatever. If that's what you want to do, that's fine. I just want to remind you, how has that worked out for you in the past? Are you one of the guys that brings home trophies and has your name on the trophy? If so, fuck, do whatever the fuck you want. Come on, Gronk Nation. These guys got multiple titles. Like, they probably don't even listen to this show. No, they probably do. But they, they don't need my advice, as per se. They know what they're fucking doing. But some of the other idiots... But you can get your head out of your ass and fucking try and come up with something that's going to, you know, hopefully give you a chance to be around uh, in the hunt come week 10, 12, trade deadline or some shit. Like, having your, selling off your team and your season come week four because you fucking suck again? Aren't you tired of sucking? Like, come on, man. Get a better effort together. And that's why the cash man's here to fucking help everybody. Want this an even playing field because... Otherwise, I know it's just going to be me, Gronk, come on. And every other couple years, you're going to get one of these idiots accidentally walk into a good team. Well, Hung, he, he's walked into a good team. So did he be here. Cat Scratch is always sniffing at the top, but he's just too busy chilling out in the litter box. So I don't know, man. You got to get your shit together and fucking bring rings home. But hey, maybe, you know what? Maybe I'm just a little too serious over here. I need to mellow out and... You know, Cashman, it isn't all about the trophies and winning, you know. If I finish top five every year, I'm happy. And, you know, I, I have a respectable team and I'm cool with that, dude. I, I don't need to bring home championship. Hey, man, cool. You know what? I got a lineup of guys who want to finish fourth to sixth. It's about five guys deep. Get in line. More than happy to give that spot to you because I don't want it. I want spot number fucking one. That's the only spot any of us should want. But, hey. That's my opinion. That's going to do it for my uh, wide receiver keeper rankings. But uh, stay tuned for future episode where I give you my top 36 overall keepers who should be kept going into next season. All right. This has been a long ass episode. Thank everybody for sticking with me. Uh, before I finish today's episode, let me get into my thought of the day. I never thought home runs were all that exciting. I still think the triple is the most exciting thing in baseball. To me, a triple is like a guy taking the ball on his one-yard line and running 99 yards for a touchdown. That is my thought of the day for today from Hank Aaron, who uh, we lost this past week. Greatest home run hitter in the history of baseball as far as I'm concerned. Rest in peace, Hank Aaron, and uh, I love that thought of the day. That's going to do it for today's episode. I want to thank everybody for watching on YouTube, everybody for listening on uh, online. Just remind you, click subscribe, click the bell, give a thumbs up, drop a comment in, send off an email, dynastybreakdownwithcash at outlook.com. And uh, I look forward to getting another episode out to you guys later this week with my top 36 keeper breakdown. Other than that, stay safe, everybody, and uh, we'll talk to you soon.